Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas, who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, I've got the queen of getting you organized in your life. She's the adorable Katie Buchanan with Little Rock Paper Scissors. Besides the cutest business name ever, she's an expert on paring down and throwing out. You'll get to meet her right after this. This episode of the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is brought to you by Little Rock Paper Scissors where you can love your space again. You know, that's the philosophy behind what Katie Buchanan does when she comes to your home and gets it organized. She creates an orderly space and she begins it by editing and ends with a sustainable plan. I love it and you can get started right now. I got started with her over a year ago, just helping me pare down before I made a move of a home I've lived in for 24 years. Guys, I couldn't do it without her. She makes me love my space again, love the things that I've kept. And I've had to part with some things, not because she insisted. She gave me the sensible reasoning behind it. I'm like, not sure I don't want that. She can help you do the same thing. The link to her website is in the show notes and you can call her today, no matter where you are and get started. LittleRockPaperScissors.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, so here we are talking about the things of, we're going to solve the problems of the world, Katie, you and I are today, because I think if we could all start organizing our crap, we'd be happier. What you say? I say 100%. And, you know, I try not to be judgy about people who are not organized because it's a really tough nut to crack for some people. It doesn't always come naturally. It, you know, it's, it's, it, it buries people more in the reeds than it brings it out of them, out of them. And it, but truly what's going on in your home and the things around you are really a reflection of what's going on in your heart and your mind. So that's one of the reasons why I have a passion for organizing and helping people get to the point where they don't feel so buried and they don't feel so alone underneath this pile of stuff that they've got. Well, so there are two types of people, though. There are people who don't like clutter, which is I, and then Mm -hmm. there are organized people. I'm not an organized person, but I am a thrower aware. So it's a struggle for disorganized brains like mine that are firing at all times, all cylinders, all, I mean, it's just the way I'm wired. Right. I can never find my crap. So what I do is just throw it all away so I don't have to look for it. I don't want any <laughs> well, more crap. And sentimentality comes it comes into play a lot in terms of organization and how people keep their homes. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why a home becomes disorganized. You've got kids, you've got activities, you've got, you know, a million people coming in and out. You don't have time to do it. You know, it's a very slippery slope. Once something starts to become a little messy and disorganized, it can get bad in a hurry but sentimentality is a big one that I see with clients and working through those kind of spaces is important and um you know my mom was the same way prom's over give me that dress it's going to the resale shop absolutely um I've also you know had plenty of clients that have very organized systems of, of things they've kept for their children and and they know how to store it in a way that makes sense and so there's a way to do both 
but there comes this, this middle ground of people that are just lost. They don't know where to turn. They feel hopeless and it gets them kind of into a, a mode of depression. And, um, one of the things I think that's the best way to dig out of that is a move because oh, it opens the, it's every so door. Free. It's wonderful. It opens every door into why you need to be organized. And so I think that your move coming up is a great way to talk about organization and how to make those tools work going forward. Yeah, oh, it's, it's like a chance. It's like yes. you've got a new chance. It's absolutely allowed me to hyper-focus on this yeah. and to get rid of things. Okay, so people listening right now, and, and I say this in seriousness, because there is hoarding is, I think, I'm sure it's 100%. a diagnosis. Yeah, yeah um, it is. There's a, there's a lot of trauma behind hoarding, a whole okay. lot. And that's a yeah. whole nother glass of mm-hmm. wine co- yeah. conversation. Yeah. But right now, let's just talk about the nuts and bolts of the person listening right now. She, she's got to listen to the Lisa Fisher's Head podcast. She's got our device and her heart's racing because she's thinking, where do I start? Katie, yeah. where do they start? If you're just looking at your house with everyone has a junk drawer, okay, right. but you have nine of them and you have a junk room and you have junk cabinets, where do they start? Well, it, like I said, so if this is not a move situation. This is right. just your house. Just your house. You have to start small. I think the biggest mistake people make is they decide, okay, I'm going to go tackle this closet or I'm going to go to this bookshelf where I'm going to go to my office desk drawer, I'm going to go through files. And you are going to get nothing but buried and bogged down and stuck if you do that. Because, first of all, you get so distracted. Books, you know, there's also, you know, I'm not a feng shui um, expert, but there is a lot of energy around things, and books take a ton of energy. So even just going through a bookshelf, you just, just simply removing the books you don't want and where do you take them and they're heavy, that's a whole place that you don't want to start. Um, same with like an, a, a desk drawer or a file cabinet. You know, it's so much paperwork. You may come across sentimental things. You may come across taxes. What do I do with this? You may come up with real legal questions that you are not prepared to answer at that point. Start small. Find a drawer in your kitchen that is just a measly little drawer that has too much stuff in it and organize it. And you will feel so great that you'll want to go to the next one and then the next one. And so it builds. But it, you have to start small. Um, that I, I can't. I just can't say that enough. It's like small victories. It's really funny. Um, almost 100% of the time after I help clients organize something, they'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have you back into this office of mine because it's just wearing me out. And I'll give the advice. I'll say, start with a little drawer. Start with maybe one half of a bookcase. Go small. And it's amazing how that momentum can get them going. And they'll say to me, you help me just, by showing me the tools and showing me how to get started small. Now here I am and I conquered the whole thing and I feel so proud of myself. And now I can go on, go on to the next thing. It's just like anything. It's like exercise or eating right, or, you know, making a personal change in your life, just starting small and building that muscle is what really is going to be the key in the long run. There's no like magic. You're going to be able to do it all the first day. Okay, so in the kitchen, so let's open the drawer. And I'm thinking let's of my drawer, drawer, and I've got two potato peelers in there. This is what yeah. I found when I was starting to go through my stuff. I was like, uh-huh. why do I have two potato peelers? And it's hard for us to think, 
either throw it away or I have a I have a Salvation Army Goodwill box all the sure. time anyway. Sure. And it was a good potato peeler. Why I had two, mm-hmm. I don't know. But that's where we start. And then, I mean, it does bunny trail and get on so many things. But then we have to start deciding on this knife really doesn't sharp. It's not sharp. It's junk. Yeah. The right. handle's broken. So right. let's. So when we break it down, do we look at every piece, Katie, and make a judgment call on that? I item? think so. I think so. You know, I'm not a hundred percent in the Marie Kondo camp of does it bring hold you joy? every single mm-hmm. thing. Did mm-hmm. it bring you joy? Was it useful? I mean, there are parts of that that yes, I agree with. Um, I do think that you know, analyzing every single piece is important, but I don't think you need to spend as much emotional time on it as she sort of suggests that you do. And a lot of times, if you do have two of something, it's either because you couldn't find one the first time you needed it, so you bought another one. Ding, ding, ding. Or somebody gave you one as a gift. That's a big roadblock I run into with with my clients. You know, I can't get rid of that. It was a gift. I know. What people have to understand as gift givers and as receivers is once a gift is given, it's that person's item to do with as they please. Oh, wait, repeat um, that. Repeat that. Because I have to yeah, hear this so, too. Yes. If, if, if I give you a gift, it could be my grandmother's earrings. Those are yours now. They are your item to deal with in the way that you want to deal with them. That could be wear them every day. It could be get rid of them. But it's no longer my thing, and there should be no obligation to me for what you use the gift for. I and mean, there's no string attached. I have to there tell myself none. there's no string attached. This none was whatsoever. a frame that someone gave me in 1999. Because yeah. even yeah. on the throwaway, there are a few things. I didn't yeah. think I was sentimental. But there are a oh, few you know, things if, that if, I go, mm. Yeah, you know, if Aunt Kathy comes over, I've got to get out that yes. thing. Yes, yes. No, that's a okay. that's a really unhealthy gift giving, gift receiving mentality that needs to kind of be broken. That's not a really healthy way to think about gifts. It's because not giving notice- should just be for you know, um, it's a selfless act, just out of kindness. That's but, period. That's what gift giving is. But I don't go to people's houses thinking, where is that? Where is my stuff? That thing where, I gave where, her. I don't think about stuff? it. You're right. No, you're right. No. But, when no. I turn the tables, I think, oh, but if she ever comes over, I want her to see that I have yeah. this frame from 1999, which is broken and jagged yeah. and all the other things. But back to your drawer. And so duplicates oftentimes, you know, it's either, it may have been a gift. It may have been something that you bought two of because you couldn't find it the first time. It may be a knife that you have. There may be things in that drawer that you have great intentions for. You know, at some point, I'm going to learn to make this dish, and I'm going to need this tool. Um, you really need to live yes. in the present in terms of okay. what live in in the present in terms of your stuff. If you're not using it right now, you know, don't create some imaginary scenario down the road that that may or may not happen with this one special fish knife. You know, <laughs> yes. for an example. Um, because that bec- you become bogged down with things that you and you really just want to be able to your your kitchen isn't there to store items that you know are maybes and and messy and too much of your it's there to be convenient it's a useful it's utility that's space good. that's good so you really need to focus on the things that you really use every single day in your kitchen okay you so can my- always create a backstock 
of you know specialty tools let's say and store it in a you know in another part of you know that weird cabinet above your refrigerator that no yes. one can ever get to well let's the one say with the meat slicer mine has the meat slicer <laughs> that we haven't used in 10 years christmas right. meat slicer <laughs> right that bow down but you know if there are things like that that are so special you know a pasta attachment to a kitchen aid for example is is that's a good example you don't have to necessarily get rid of those kind of things just put them in places that aren't in your way all day long if that makes oh sense. that's great because in 2004 I, I like to go back a little in history. I was big into canning salsa. My best friend, Christine, and I, we were like Lucy and Ethel of the salsa making. And uh, I still have some of those, uh, that accoutrement, which is crap. Uh-huh. It's a blue thing for the mason jars. I still have probably a bunch of mason jars. Uh-huh. I'm not uh-huh. going to can again. I, I, no. I, I'm going to make some and just have it. So yeah. I, what I'm going to do is really, after this, I'm going to break free from it. And anyone, I'm just going to yep. put a box on my front porch if anyone wants do to Do not on. be in bondage to it at That's all. That's it. That's it. Okay. So kitchen, um, what about those utensils that your son brings home from college, which I asked him where he got them. He said the cafeteria. I said, well, they don't belong to you. He goes, I pay tuition there. I go, but it doesn't mean you get to bring the forks and knives home. And they took them all back to the dorm. So um, I need to toss all that, right? Yeah. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Especially now. Do you think the Statue of Limitations... The university is probably coming for you. That's what I'm thinking. you think the Statue of Limitations have have run out for Gibson Fisher bringing those forks and knives? Because every Christmas we'd go, no, what are these? He'd go, that's same cafeteria. And I go, Gibson, they're not yours. He goes, well, I had to take them back to the dorm. So you know, that brings up a good point, though. Um, incomplete sets of things. Yes. People get really hung up on incomplete sets. You know, well, this was a nice set of glasses. Um, we have four of them left. We've got four of the 12-ounce. We've got three of the 8-ounce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Let it go. Start over. Mm-hmm. Don't hang on to incomplete sets of things because then you, you end up with a mishmash of things that don't look good together. Um and it just, it weighs, it brings more of a heavy weight to the disorganization of the space. If you have, a but, you know, little bits and pieces of disorganized things that, you know, at one point went together, but now they're not fully complete, let them go. And when you move, it's a great time to do that. Oh, th- that's been the most fun. All those plastic cups my kids have brought home from Razorback Games, high school sporting events. I mean, Mazio's Pizza, RIP. I, mean, I, mean, I don't even know if they're still I mean, around, but I had all these koozies, plastic cups. Yes, yes. Toss them. Toss them. We are a country in bondage to koozies, turvis tumblers. <laughs> Why? Fake, phony Yeti. Y'all. Yes. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop, stop with this. Yeah. We, we um, all have way too you know, many of that. It, but there are there are great organizations that need those things absolutely and that would welcome welcome them with open arms um so i would say don't be afraid to let go of things because there's always a use for those sorts of things always you may think well this is just junk nobody wants this or i don't want to just leave this at goodwill who knows what will happen to it i can promise you that some good will come out of it yeah 100 yeah. Absolutely. I tell you one thing that you helped me break free of, and it's so I've been married almost 34 years since when the earth cooled is when Chris Fisher and I got married. And I have some of those silver pieces that was they were given to me for my mother, for my aunt. My aunt had in Europe. 
I knew they were so valuable. I went to the place that uh, buys and sells that kind of stuff. And I said, now this piece here and this piece. And he said, it's all silver plated. I went, wait, yeah. what? I go, and I've been polishing something that's worth $2. He went, pretty much. <laughs> so I, you had to help me break free. Yeah. Okay. Because silver is not practical for me in my life because A, I don't want to polish. B, I don't have sterno to keep it lit under. You can't keep it warm. You can't warm it in a microwave. Right. It's right. just pretty to put on a table once every 34 years. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's aesthetics change all the time. And I feel like those kind of pieces are sort of falling by the wayside because they aren't that useful. Um. And there's, again, there becomes some sort of guilt because this is someone, you know, who I appreciate a relative gave it to me. But honestly, if something has been sitting in your closet for 30 years, you've never pulled it out. Yeah. It's never been useful. Um, there's no sense in that weighing in you carrying that energy around with you. Why, why do we? So here's the case. I uh, walked to a friend's house, uh, went recently, and her both her mother and father had died in the same calendar year. And so they were selling her house, the mom and dad's house, and we opened like an old bedroom. And there was so much crap in there, but the girl who opened the bedroom door, who belonged to her mother, started crying because it burdened mm -hmm. her so much. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let's clean it out. And she said, I can't. She said, I, yeah. I'm she was paralyzed by it, Katie. Paralyzed, like, yeah. Like crying. And I just said, where do we start? And she just said, I don't know. What I don't do care. I don't do? know. I don't know. Yeah, it, she feels well, guilt if she gets it, rid of it and guilt if she keeps it. Right. Um, and I think what happens is there is one of the biggest pieces of people hanging on to things is a, um, a fear of future scarcity. And there is a generation not far behind us that came from a Great Depression. And the years after that, even when they were told about the Great Depression, that's all their parents talked about. It's all their grandparents talked about. Um, so that, that causes people to hang on to things a lot. And I think it becomes hard because what happens is you know, the, your friend's parents did not mean to saddle this child with this problem, but these people obviously had a serious problem that they did not get help with, if that makes sense. And so it becomes hard for their children to go, how did we let it get this way? How did we not do something? And, and my advice is always, we, here, we're here today to face it right now together you need to get a good team of people around you that love you like lisa or katie or chris or whoever to come around and help you deal with this and you just stand back because you know that most everything in this oh, room okay. is not going to be something that you feel like you've got to carry along you know i've actually helped families with this kind of thing and every now and then you'll be going through a room and go okay something about this looks important you know maybe it's a, a christening gown or you know a wedding veil or i don't know i'm not using the right word those aren't the greatest examples or a book that maybe is signed and you'll go to the person and say okay this kind of looks important what do you think and they'll go oh my gosh yes that is important but those kind of things are buried underneath magazines or you know clothes they've had for 40 years and that kind of thing um 
I just, I can't encourage people enough to get a really good loving team around them when they're dealing with that kind of thing. And having a professional on board too is helpful just because it really does take like a neutral third party to go, okay, let's think about how this happened outside looking in. This is what I see. And um, like we're just in bondage to our stuff in this country. I mean, we are, we are retail driven, which is another reason going back to the Marie Kondo thing. You know, I had all these friends that went out and just demolished their houses. I mean, they got rid of 80% of their their stuff and it was gone. And then, you know, but two months later, they're back at target. They're back at old Navy. They're back at wherever filling their house with the same stuff where consumers were shoppers. And so, um, it just is, it's just, how we work over here. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We are a digital society now. So that puts people like me who don't like crap in a dilemma of, do I keep Mm -hmm. the cookbooks? Mm -hmm. Because it's like when I was teaching my kids to cook, my son, the one who stole the fortune knives, (laughs) you know, he's going to be in an orange jumpsuit by the time this episode's over (laughs) in Dallas (laughs) County jail. Um, But uh, when I was teaching him to cook, I remember saying, well, here, I'm I'm going to do all this. And I was going to send it to him. He goes, Mom, I can YouTube this. <laughs> you know, yeah. so he's of the generation, he's 26, that he doesn't want a cook. I mean, obviously, a guy right. who doesn't care about cooking. Yeah. Um, but we are digital now. So what do we do with cookbooks? And what do we do? It goes to books as well. What do you think? I think as far as cookbooks go, if if you have, I, I have sentimental cookbooks. So some of the older yeah, ones that, you know, either a junior league cookbook that had limited edition yeah. that my mom taught me to cook out of, you know, keep a few of those kind of things, especially if a relative has handwriting in it where they, you know, made notes in a book. Um, but no, a cook, you know, Food Network has 250 chefs now and they all put out 150 books a year at this point. And so, those kind of things eventually end up online. So I don't disagree unless it's something you're truly passionate about. Like if there's a style of cooking that you're passionate about, for sure, keep a couple of those kind of cookbooks around. Um, I think aesthetically having a few in a kitchen are really pretty. Um, But also in terms of books, I love books and homes. Just overall, I, I think that one of the saddest things is we don't see enough books in houses anymore we don't see built-in bookshelves we don't see bookcases they're just not full of books anymore they're you know they're styled this way that way and i still think books are very important and i think curating a a great library for a home is really important and um but it all needs to be based on what you love to read um the, the things that interest you you know a few of the classics but at the same time if that's just not your thing don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, that's kind of, you know, my personal preference is to have books in my house, for example. Okay. Uh, I would say so. I love for those of you watching on YouTube, if you're listening to this, we also post these to YouTube so you can yeah. see Katie's adorable face too. But, I, and you know, I just, I love books. I love the feel of them, but I go through them a lot to decide this book doesn't serve me anymore. Or, you know, I didn't enjoy reading this, get rid of it. But so much of it is online now. And, um, you know, books are heavy, especially when you're moving. Yeah. It's the heaviest thing you can move. 
truly. Yep. I mean, yep. when you're packing up and moving, books are. So oh. I really try to tell people, even though I'm a book lover, be brutal about um, about dissecting what you're taking, editing what you're taking, because they are they are heavy to move too. You mentioned something earlier, and it was about the my friend's parents who didn't really want to saddle her with that responsibility. Recently, when I'm having this discussion with someone who's a bit of a hoarder, because mm-hmm. um, she still has her college notebooks from 1980 in her mm-hmm. attic. And I said, you know, all that's online, you know, physiology, anatomy and physiology. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. look it up. Yeah. And um, and then I told her because it happened to be a relative. I said, but what you're doing is burdening us because when you die, I'm going to clean out your crap. And I told her what I'm doing now is cleaning out crap. So my kids someday don't have to decide do I keep this baby picture of some lady I don't even know? Because, you know, I haven't been, I have a box of goodies, but I haven't labeled everything. Right. I, I know who they are, but the next generation won't. So if I don't label them, I either need to toss them or I need to label them. But right. it's also, I feel like being a good steward of my my possessions is so that you don't have to then be saddled by them. Right. And I think that, you know a kind of a hard question you have to have to ask someone like that is when's the last time you went up to your attic and looked at your notes, your notebook from your freshman physiology class. Right. I will say this is a real true example. Uh, Bob and I moved from a 2,800 square foot, four bedroom, three bath house, upstairs, downstairs, more space than we knew what to do with home into a 1700 square foot condo. And it forced a little bit of downsizing, but one entire room upstairs in this house, which we hardly ever went up there. We had no reason. It was two guest rooms and a bathroom. We had no reason to ever go up there. One of the things, one of the rooms contained mostly memory books um, or memory boxes, you know, like small boxes. I'd shoved baby invitation, baby shower invitation, all those things. And they were shoved in this room. So, when it was time to move, it became so hard on us, on our marriage, on me, on the move, the way that I felt about that room and having to get rid of it and go through it, that it was like, why did I keep it in the first place? But it forced me to go through it. And in the end, I mean, we have a, we have a huge basement space here where we live. So we weren't, we didn't have to get rid of every single thing, but I went through things one at a time. And sure, I had a great time. I'd open a box and go, Oh my gosh, look at this picture of this wedding shower and this baby shower. But I had not done that probably in 12 years before I was forced to do it. Was my life any less full having not looked at this stuff? No. Good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good um, I picked out what to keep. It's down in the basement here at the Riviera <laughs> in if, boxes. If anyone wants to come and look, we can go to Katie's and my go life, look at the box. Yeah. My life's great every day. Is it worse because I don't go down there and check it out every six weeks? <laughs> no. So I don't know. It, you know, it was a forced activity that was fun. But if I didn't have those things, my life would not have felt less full. If you know, if that makes sense. School starting now. What do parents, man, they, there are so many Ooh. papers that get sent home. Where do we start on that? Do you take the picture they're, and they're, just do a digital And they're keeping library? so much more. They're keeping so much yeah. more. Yeah. They're keeping so much more. And it's, it, 
every year I notice it's more and more and more. And I've helped, I've actually helped several families try to downsize out of homes that they've lived in for 20 or so years. And they've got three kids. And I'm like, I see where they start. You know, this is going to be the one box I have for this one kid. And then it ends up being 10 boxes for that kid. Um, there are some great um, online um, archives that you can do. Their uh, archive is actually one of them where you can That's scan cute. in your children's artwork. Okay. Archive. But, yes. Okay. And, let me put this in the show notes along with any contact information for Katie, because no matter where you are on the planet, you can help people virtually, right? Yeah. You, you can to. walk through rooms with them. So yeah, I'm just putting yeah. all that in the show, no, show notes. But the problem is when, you know, I think when things are fresh and they, you know, parents get the things home and they're fresh. Oh, my God, they love them so much. And then they put them in a box and the box gets really full over the course of first grade. And then third grade rolls around and they're going, Katie, I'm buried in those stuff. So I'll say, let's go through first grade. And sure enough, they'll pick out seven or eight things to keep and the rest they let go. And it doesn't mean they're letting go of the child or, you know, what the child learned or how they felt about the child when they got it. It's just, it just means that you don't have to let this stuff burden you your whole life and carry it around. Um, it's, it's, it's really hard that the keepsakes, because it's, again, at the end of the day, the keepsake is for you. How often are you going to go through it and look at it and then when it's college time or mm-hmm. bounce from college into adult lifetime, what is the person who created the art and the work going to care about keeping? And it's usually not that much. It's nothing. In fact, it's I've had really mom nothing. say, okay, you know, Bob, sit here, go through this, these 12 boxes of things that I have kept for you over the course of your <laughs> school mm-hmm. years and pick out what you want. And they're aggravated. They don't want to look at it. They'll go, that's it. So I think big awards are important. Um, you know, I think anything kind of holiday related is usually pretty what special. What about yearbooks? Do people, are those digital now or do you get a yearbook in No, people still form? get yearbooks. Okay. And and that's, that's a toughie. <laughs> I've had some kind of, um, you know, I've, a friend of mine was moving a couple of years ago in Dallas, and she said, what do I do with this? I don't even look at these. What do I do? And I go, here's my idea. If you don't want to keep them, get rid of them. Find your great friend that did keep them. Y'all get together and have a night and have a glass of wine and look at them and be done. Or, you know, have the school keep them if anybody wants to go check them out, which I think all schools do oh, anyway. That's a, that's a good idea. I did yeah. get rid of my... Uh, college ones recently and I was even editor a yearbook editor and all that but I was like nobody cares I mean nobody cares no nobody yeah. nobody's no one's ever asked me can I see that section in the yearbook where you uh-huh. were honored with something I went, no because it's <laughs> it's yesterday anything yesterday we're all we're on to yeah. the next thing anything yeah. but anyway yeah. but that was a tough one to do to pull the trigger on because I know I, you know I was proud of the work that but who cares who cares okay now you're gonna you segued and you said something and it just triggered something. I tell you, a hard time to do the clean out, and it's important, is after a death. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because that triggers it's emotions really hard. and memories. And a friend of yeah. mine just going through that and really had a meltdown mm-hmm. after going through some of his stuff. And it's been four and a half years. But 
Yeah. It was her husband of 30 years. So how do you handle and when's a good time? Is there a good time? It's it's all going to be hard always. Um, You know, real life example, I lost my dad about a year ago. That's what I was thinking of, too, with you and your daddy. Yeah, and he—he's who I get my organization arm from. Like he is—he's neat, tidy. But he's also a clothes horse, and he, oh, his um, clothing! My goodness, he, <laughs> he kept it as tight as as tight yeah. as it could be. But I think that what we, what happens in terms of items is it's all related to grief, and grief is a really hard study. And there's and all people in a family go through grief in a really different way. That's right. And one thing I saw very clearly is my mom was doing a lot of pre-grief because he had cancer and, you know, this is an inevitable thing and he was suffering. And so literally about nine days after the funeral, she said, can you come over? Let's go through the underwear. Let's go through the socks. Let's get this out of here. Let's do it. Let's just do it. And my sweet husband went with me and we just started doing it. And it was like, and this is underwear. These are, th- you know, socks, things. Then, it, you know, it came to his golf shirts. And it was, let's find a person that needs these. You know, is it someone's university? Is it, you know, a teacher yeah. who's studying, you know, yeah. to become a classroom teacher? And so we found ways to give all the stuff meaningfully. The things that we didn't really feel, you know, that were more important to distribute through the family. And then we were able, luckily, to distribute a lot of his things through my nephews, his grandsons. And so a lot of that was done that way. Um, But we did it pretty quickly. And, you know, I maybe had one or two moments where I went, why did we rush that? Like, what was that about? But then I think, gosh, I am so glad we did that. And, you know, July didn't, the next July didn't come. And we were still walking in his closet with all his things there, you know. We created a freshness and fresh energy. And I think that's what he would have wanted to. I don't think he would have wanted us moping around about it. But it is very hard. I have another friend who lost her son at age eight very suddenly to a tragic flu situation. And it took her quite a few years to get rid of his clothing and donate oh, his toys. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, at least with my dad, who was 85. It makes sense. You know, it's this is how life is supposed to go. But when you lose a family member in sort of an out of sequence kind of way, you definitely have to approach it differently and let them have that time with the things. But there is definitely a line where it you don't want to let it go on too long. So again, close friends need to look at the situation and say, how can we help? Let's find organizations that are meaningful to her you know, children in need in school districts, like get their actual name and face and say, this little boy is your little boy's size. He needs this, this, and this. Let's give it to him. And that ended up happening with this friend of mine, and it made all the difference. So I think the more that you can just not, you know, throw it in a car and let someone drive off with it, but give it some purpose. Um, but no, it's, it's very, very difficult for sure. So does your mother then look at a closet that's half empty and then Honey, is that winter, a hole in her heart? And she, <laughs> she, she's replaced it with her own things. Princess. Okay. She now does not have to go upstairs to her winter closet. It's all downstairs okay, now. Good. good. Because I was thinking that also is kind of an, yeah. a vacuous yeah. place. No, of, she's, of she filled it. 
with good, a you you know, if she made use good. of it, which I think good. was was important. Yeah, it was good. Just a quick little break here to tell you what I've embarked on, and I'm asking if you want to join me. I'm a student at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and if anything about investing both financially in your future and in your health sounds appealing, I want you to go to the show notes and click on the link to get more information. People, health coaching is the future. Major news organizations are focusing on this fact. That's because the amount of people with health issues, really serious health issues, continues to grow. We need more health coaches to help steer people to good health. You could be the very conduit to get them there. I chose the six-month course with IIN. My daughter chose the year-long course. It's up to you. Either way, we'll have our certifications in no time. I love my classes at IIN. Names you recognize, Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Andrew Weil. So many people have been our instructors and it's helped me get healthier. Click on the show notes, get more information. Now back to the interview. Okay, so I'm sitting here, I'm in a guest room right now. Yeah. um, And I'm thinking about what I've cleaned out in this guest room, which is really, I mean, someone pat me on the back. My husband has not appreciated me enough to know all the the crap that I've cleaned out. And it is hard conversations you have with your kids of, do you want this? Because I'm not moving it. You know, your that rock you got from 10th grade. I mean, it was like, I got that rock on the beach when we went on that beach trip and I go, there are other rocks there. Uh-huh. And, and what does it, you're in Dallas. Why do I get to keep the rock? Uh-huh. I'm looking at bathrooms. That's another place where things get junky. Yeah. And what are we storing in these bathrooms and why can't, I want them pared down. You know, the minimalist guy, Josh Becker says two towels uh-huh. per person. I'm like, uh-huh. yes. What do you, what do you think? Well, I do have to tell listeners that one of my first things, one of the reasons that I knew I loved Lisa immediately <laughs> was she said, I have two pairs of black jeans and that's one too many. And I thought, yes, this well, is my person. Back up no, one of them now. I have the other one in there if I ever need them. <laughs> no, um, bathrooms are hard, especially guest bathrooms, because it's just this invisible place where you can go shove things that, you know, no one's going to see and it's not in anybody's way. Um, but a lot of times it's toiletries and things that get yes. kind of icky. They get moldy. They're they gross. get moldy, bars of soap, all oh, that kind of stuff. Oh, bars of soap, yes. Pitch, 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 pitch. Um, one thing I do love to encourage people to do, and I'm sure that there's some designers who will be listening to this and will be hacked off. I think you get one kind of towel for your whole house. And that is the most freeing thing you could ever tell me. When you told me that a month ago and gave me permission to one give towel. every all that way, when you're everyone gets the white away, towel, everyone gets the towel. Oh, doesn't matter where so they go. Wonderful. I know. Wonderful. <laughs> Hands Why do on we the TV think, set. <laughs> I, I know. Why do we think each bathroom has to have its own color coordinated monogram with? The wallpaper in that bathroom. Well, and I think, you know, you can hang some pretties and display some things like that. But in terms of the things you really use. In fact, I have a friend um, in Dallas and she she uses the same sheet throughout her whole house. It's just every bed has a white sheet and it, you know, it never gets confusing. You know, that's a little bit of a deeper stretch because you may have something in your master bedroom that's, you know, designed to go with your bedding or something but no i love one towel for the whole house and 
that's how we operate around here for sure. But yeah, bathrooms, I don't know. It's just, that's tough. It's like stuff just gets jammed in there. And it's it's usually going to be things that are expired and probably need to go. Oh, totally. Just toss it. So yeah. do you think then in every bathroom you need extra toilet paper, uh, extra one toilet box paper. of extra tissue, mm-hmm. um, the toilet brush, some things yes. to clean, um, the Windex for the mirror in case somebody mm-hmm. puts toothpaste on it. I'm trying to think, like, I'm paring it down. I mean, if y'all come to my house, bring your own toilet paper, maybe, because I, I hope I have enough for you. <laughs> you know, I you think keeping I think keeping an, uh, an extra one extra bar of soap still wrapped in the paper is fine. Yeah. You know, I think keeping lotions and stuff is weird because people are kind of picky about that kind of stuff. Yeah. This is how weird I am. I'm, like I said, I'm not a feng shui expert, but one thing that I have learned about that philosophy is not to have trash cans visible. And I keep trash cans in my bathroom cabinet. Wait, so that like oh, that's a feng shui thing. Yeah, because it's 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 an energy, it's an energy sucker. Apparently, it is a trash can. Who wants? It's just yeah. So here's the good thing: then we don't have to spend a lot of money. We just get some cheap trash cans that we keep someplace. They come under the cabinet. And I, you know, if I have a guest over that's staying overnight or, or goes into our guest bathroom, I say, by the way, the trash can's just under the, it's in the cabinet right beside that sink. People kind I of know. figured out because there's not a lot to look at. Yeah. Okay. Which brings me to um, when you came here and looked at my stuff, <laughs> you, you could see that I'm 12 years away from a medical degree and I have not just pharmaceuticals, but I've every supplement that a oh, human could need. Yeah. And it's not a graveyard because I still might use, use go in them. there and get the um, uh, desiccated yeah. liver. I don't know what I have in there. I, I have know. just a bunch of things. So you where a, do you we a, keep? You had a couple of, of duplicates, but not many. <laughs> I did, but I did I in case I run out. But where <laughs> do we keep, where do we put our supplements, and I only take thyroid medicine. I only take one prescription, so I don't have a lot of things with my name on it. Well, I do say this. If I ever had a tooth pulled or had a cosmetic procedure and they gave me the good stuff, I have it locked away in case you come you, over and you break an elbow. I've got uh, one hydrogen yes, for you. and keep that in a safe for sure. I do. I'm I always do. advocating I actually, that kind I do. of thing. I do keep yeah. that in a safe. But where do we keep those supplements and stuff? Do they stay in the kitchen or in the bathroom? I think it really depends on the frequency. If it's something that you take every single day, yeah. like the food that you eat and the air that you breathe that goes in the kitchen. And yeah. I have really been thinking about yours a lot after, <laughs> after seeing them. And um, they make these double-decker Lazy Susans that are great for that kind of thing. They even make triple-decker okay. ones. Okay. Um, you know, we've all seen the um, the... My words are failing me. The tiered things that you like yes. canned goods sit on yeah. in a yeah, pantry. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not a bad idea either. Okay. Um, depending on drawer space, down in a drawer could be good too. Again, with the lazy Susan where you're able to turn around. But the thing about supplements is you want to be able to see the labels. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would suggest always on that kind of thing is combine as many as you can. So, you know, I've had three kidney transplants. I take enough medications a day to it's it's a it's a whole full-time job in itself yeah but you know there are times when i can combine you know i've got three bottles of this because that's how many quantity of that i take a a month once that bottle's almost empty i put it into this so constantly 
combining and decanting in that way, I think it's a big help. Um, but I think it would kind of depend. I cannot discourage keeping medication away from a toilet enough. It, it just, it's, it, they, they fall down. It could be something important. It could be something that your doctor won't replace. It could be whatever. I don't suggest so why keeping. why do people keep them they keep them above the cabinet then? Because it, that's where the storage in is. Oh, and I oh, just, okay. I would say, rethink it and put it under the sink and put towels above instead. Or, you know, toilet okay. paper and towels above the, the potty and keep the medications down low underneath. Okay, or in the kitchen any, all the way away, or, you know, the pantry or, or a kitchen cabinet for sure. If you need any cod liver oil, I just got some yesterday because I was thinking that that's good for your joints. So I have a bottle of 120 in there of that. It I is. love going to, we, we have a store in Little Rock called Drug Emporium, which for someone like mm. me that I, I'm a health coach. And so I do love all the things that are natural and all that. So I love all the probiotics. I love all, I mean, so I have, I do have. It's a good a, spot. It's a great place. Well, I want to talk about a couple of move things real quick. Okay. If we have a second before. It's your forum. (laughs) One of the things that I encourage everyone to do before they move, could be an old house, new house, is line your shelves, especially in your kitchen and your bathrooms. This is my favorite product. You can get this is out of one of my kitchen cabinets, so you can see how it's already been measured and fit. It keeps... It keeps your paint clean. It keeps scrapes from happening. Um, it's easy to pull out and wash and clean. Should and you wipe you, it down then? Yes, like, you can you wipe it down. Crumbs get in the corners. Exactly. Pull this out, dump it, easy. Okay. And then there's a little bit of rib to it. So even like yes. where, um, you know, our glasses and plates go after we put them, take them out of the dishwasher, yeah. they're usually dry, but if they're not all the way dry, you've got a little oh. bit of padding there. Um, the other so that's thing, for because you or you measured all of my stuff, so I that's did. where all my everything cabinets are in the kitchen have that in a pullout. Okay, yes, everything in your kitchen drawers, cabinets, laundry, and bathrooms. I always say line, especially okay. if it's a new home. Um, the other fun thing is, I always want people to have velvet hangers because wire hangers are evil, but these really do save space. In a closet, you that cannot was the believe. the hanger I got from QVC what? 20 years ago, and I I'm have a thousand you, of them now. This is a funny story. So when people ask me how I came about this career, at one point my mom, my, my dad's assistant was mailing me my birthday gift in Dallas, and it was like six cases of these. Mm-hmm. And Carrie said to my mom, she wants this for her birthday. And mom said, this is going to make her happy for months. Many switching years out. ago. Anyway, um, the other thing is when you're moving food, food becomes a real, um, a real bugger at the end because you're trying to figure out what to keep, what to get rid of, Yes, throw away a whole lot when you're getting down to the bottom of the bags. But also I would say decant as much as you can. It really eases in packing all your food. And then when you unpack, it's already in the thing. It goes in your pantry done do that on the front end um obviously measuring your shelves before you do um and then my last thing is just label i mean once you get to where you are organized it's you know kind of a last step 
you know, people always want me to go buy organizations, run out to container store right now, get everything I need and then bring it. And I'm like, no, first we're going to go through all your stuff. We're going to edit. Buying the product really is last. And, but then after the last is labeling. And so, and so what are we labeling that? I know you people, you organize people love, it's called, is it called a cricket or a cry cut? This is going to upset a lot of people. I, what is I it? don't use that. I don't like oh. them. Oh, I, I thought like that them. was the most no. interesting one. What do you, what do you like? Okay, Madam Lisa, Katie? here's the other thing. There's a list of a few things I've never done in my life and I'm never going to do. And one of them is go to jail. One of them's mow lawn. One of them's eat at Red Lobster. One of them is see the Blue Man Group live. And the other one is Pinterest. I don't, love you. Don't. I don't either. So anyway. And here's mine. So the I'm not going thing. to Branson. Okay, that's mine. I'm not going to Branson. <laughs> I had to go to Branson to pick up one of my pugs, but I didn't go to any shows. Anyway, I don't like the cricket. You know, okay, cricket, you saw my cricket. face okay. or whatever it's called. It, there's such yeah. a pain in the neck and it's so hard and I it, it makes me crazy. So I use the Brother P-Touch and they make okay. these really big fat labels. That, okay, I have and to you put do this it. in show notes, so you'll have to text me what that is. Oh, that is the Lisa cutest thing. Lisa and Chris forever. And you do all of it through. The thing about the Cricut deal is, you know, if I'm organizing a home and I've got it all situated and I know what everything is and what every label needs to be, then I've got to go home. I've got to make these labels, spend eight hours that night cutting them out with a razor blade and go oh, back no. to the house. No, it just no, hurts. no, I hate no, 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 no. I did two of them. My dear friend, Megan Levinsky, who I always have to plug, she owns About Space in Little Rock. And she also did a space in the Symphony Designer House. She printed two of them for me. And I put them on my flour and my sugar in the pantry at the Symphony Designer House. And I said, never again am I going to use Oh, so people, yeah. A cricket. Like, but so people not, do it. And, and you can buy them. You're not labeling all that. Okay, got it. Yeah. You can buy them. There's a real cute girl named Chandler locally in Little Rock who I like a lot. She'll make them for you, sell them. They're just not my thing. This is easy. It's I do it all through my phone. It's all done through an app. And it's Love just, it. So what's it called? I got to write that down. It's the brother. Okay. Oh. It's the, it's the brother P-Touch and it's Bluetooth. Okay. And it comes That's in this amazing. really awesome little container where you can put your oh, extra thing here yeah i'm glad you have it because that's more crap i don't want here's yeah. my favorite thing you've taught me and <laughs> anyone who's packing to move is she said because i've got boxes all around me she goes you know you've got that box and you've got let's say kitchen things in it but you just walked through a bedroom and you saw a pair of socks don't go in think, that box you think well there's room in that box i don't mm -hmm. want to send a box that's half full, half full. so i mm -hmm. have stopped the urge to we don't do mixed boxes. you'll be so mad at yourself when you start opening that stuff you said label it for that room and only that room or that space that area and do not have anything from another room in there yeah and that's been the most freeing thing now some of my boxes are kind of half full because of it because they, they're bulky or they're they're glass. Yeah. And I thought well, the socks you know, would look great in there. <laughs> people also tend to overfill a box. You know what I mean? They just... Yeah, I may be that person. And then yeah. nobody can pick it up. It's, yeah. Anyway. Okay. I may need to come in and 
do a little more of that, but I've labeled everything. I've taped Good. everything. You know, you labeling boxes, labeling boxes to the, to the extreme is always better. Well, my friend showed the other day, this is the difference in marriage. She, they just moved last weekend and they're empty nesters like us. So her box said kitchen items and it said white dishes, tablecloth, let's say uh, forks and knives, glasses. Her husband labeled it and put stuff. That was it. And she said, who do you think did which box? And we were like, well, you did the... You did that yeah. one seriously because he just he just put stuff because to him it didn't matter. So mm. okay, I'm going to be a little more. I try to keep things. And one thing I have put all together are like photos in separate box. You know, this is yeah. a photos box. At one time I was going to do. This is one thing I had my dilemma. So I'm doing all photos in one box, Katie, because I don't know which room the photos are going to go in. Yeah, that's so, fine. Okay, I bless I got that. Your that's okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, That's here, fine. Red Lobster called. They'd like for you to come by and get. You know, every time I tell somebody that list, the I'm free like, cheese Damn it, Why did I do that? Because my neighbor George, I wake up in the night sweating, <laughs> thinking I'm going to be tied up, and I'm in a Red Lobster, and it's my birthday. And don't come at me with the biscuits, y'all. I've ha- I've had the biscuits. I, I mean. I guess you don't I just made myself so, so vulnerable. That list. Oh, I'm just so scared. Don't. Y'all. Okay, so my list, really, I used to say when I was on the radio, the things I didn't like were cats and country music and coffee. So, and I've never been to Branson. So here we are. Okay, we're wrapping things up. We all you have are, our stuff. You are America's sweetheart. I can just tell you, you that. You are. You are just a dog. You are. Thank you so well, much. Uh, everything about uh, getting organized, because we did talk about some heavy things, grief yeah. and packing up things for people, that are, whether the marriage is over or, yeah. a, you, or a child's moved away. I mean, right. it's yeah. part of, gr- there's a grieving process to some of these things and then there's sure. some levity too. So we, yeah. with Katie, with you, and there's you, always a lot you know, of levity. I think that there's always, uh, you know, I don't think there's ever any harm in asking for help. You know, I think a cool thing is professional organizers, it's become a real industry and there's oh, a lot gosh, of great yes. ones here in Little Rock and in many towns and we well, want to work with, with people. Best. But well, whatevs. Well, and we want to work with people. You know, it's I just I have a heart for helping people with their things because it it can be overwhelming. It really can. And you know, I'm not an Instagram organizer. Like I'm not coming in your house to like style your juice boxes in your pantry and take a picture and be done. Like I really do care about my people, and I think a lot of people in this industry do. So when it comes to things like grief and or children moving on or or you know, big moves after living in a home for 22 years, it's, it's yeah. good to ask for help. And, you know, don't be afraid of what the cost or what might be associated because we all want to be able to work with, with people for sure. But okay, yeah, thanks. This was so fun. I love and talking your, about this stuff. Your dogs were so obedient. We didn't hear they them at were. all. Well, here, they finally, good. they finally, this is what pugs do. Hang on. Let me get to that one. Here's one. Uh, Oh. See over there on that chair? Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, I see. (laughs) She might have a pole. Okay, those of you that are watching on YouTube, you just got all that. Those of you listening on your device, you got to find out on YouTube. Yeah. Okay, love you, mean it. Love you, mean it, darling. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. 
Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.